Is the name of the chapter. Eggs scare me. Chickens too. And buddy, you can laugh at that all you want, but I'm being dead serious here. It all started in the sixth grade with eggs and a snake and the Baker brothers. The Baker's brothers' names are Matt and Mike, but even now I can't tell you which one's which. You never see one without the other, and even though they're not twins, they do look and sound pretty much the same. And they're both in Lynetta's class, so maybe one of them got held back. Although I can't exactly see a teacher voluntarily having either of those maniacs two years in a row. Regardless, Matt and Mike are the ones who taught me that snakes eat eggs. And when I say they eat eggs, I'm talking they eat them raw and shell on whole. I probably would have gone my whole life without this little bit of reptilian trivia if it hadn't been for Lynetta. Lynetta had this major league thing for Skylar Brown, who lives about three blocks down, and every chance she got, she went down there to hang out while he practiced the drums. Well, boom, boom, whap, what did I care, right? But then Skylar and Julie's brother formed a band, which they named the Mystery Pisser. When my mom heard about it, she completely wigged out. What kind of parents would allow their children to be in a band named Mystery Pisser? It's vile. It's disgusting. That's the whole point, Mom, Lynetta tried to explain. It doesn't mean anything. It's just to get a rise out of old people. Are you calling me old, young lady? Because it's certainly getting a rise out of me. Lynetta just shrugged, implying that my mom could draw her own conclusion. Go. Go to your room. My mother snapped. For what? Lynetta snapped back. I didn't say a thing. You know perfectly well what for. Now, you go in there and just adjust your attitude, young lady. So Lynetta got another one of her teenage timeouts, and after that, any time Lynetta was two minutes late coming home for dinner, my mother would messenger me down to Skylar's house to drag her home. It might have been embarrassing for Lynetta, but it was worse for me. I was still in elementary school, and the Mystery Pisser guys were in the high school. Eh, they were ripe and ragged, raging power cords through the neighborhood while I looked like I had just gotten back from Sunday school. I'd get so nervous going down there that my voice would squeak when I'd tell Lynetta it was time for dinner. It literally squeaked. But after a while, the band dropped Mystery from their name and Pisser, and and its entourage got used to me showing up. And instead of glaring at me, they started saying stuff like, Hey, baby brother, come on in. Hey, Brycey, boy, you want to jam? This, then, is how I wound up in Skylar Brown's garage, surrounded by high school kids watching a boa constrictor swallow eggs. And since I'd already seen it down a rat in the Baker's brother's bedroom, Pisser had last lost at least some of the element of surprise. Plus, I picked up on the fact that they'd been saving this little show to freak me out, and I really didn't want to give them the satisfaction. <laughs> this wasn't easy, though. Because watching a snake swallow an egg is actually much creepier than you might think. The boa opened its mouth to an enormous size, then just took the egg in and bloop, we could see it roll down its throat. But that wasn't all. After the snake had glubbed down three eggs, Matt or Mike said, So Brycey boy, how's he going to digest those? I shrugged and tried not to squeak when I answered, uh, um, Stomach acid? He shook his head and pretended to confide. He needs a tree or a leg, he grinned at me. You want to volunteer yours? I backed away a little. I could just see that monster try to swallow my leg whole as an after-egg chaser. No, 
He laughed and pointed at the boa slithering across the room. Ah, oh, too bad. He's gone the other way. He's going to use the piano instead. The piano? What kind of snake was this? How could my sister stand being in the same room as these Dementos? I looked at her, and even though she was pretending to be cool with the snake, I know Lynetta, and she was totally creeped out by it. The snake wrapped itself around the piano leg about three times. And then Matt or Mike put his hands up and said, Shh, shh, everybody quiet. Here goes. The snake stopped moving, then flexed. And as it flexed, we could hear the eggs crunch inside of him. Ooh, gross, the girls wailed. Whoa, dude, the guys all said. Mike and Matt smiled at each other real big and said, Dinner is served. I tried to act cool about the snake, but the truth is I started having bad dreams about the thing swallowing eggs and rats and cats and me. Then the real-life nightmare began. One morning about two weeks after the boa show in the Skyler's garage, Julie appears on our doorstep. And what she got in her hands? A half carton of eggs. She bounces around like it's Christmas, saying, Hiya, Bryce. Remember Abby, Bonnie, and Clyde, and Dexter, Eunice, and Florence? I just stared at her. Somehow I remembered Santa's reindeer a little differently than that. You know, my chickens. The ones I hatched for the science fair last year? Oh, yeah, right. How could I forget? Well, they're laying eggs. She pushed the carton into my hands. Here, take these. They're for you and your family. Uh, oh, uh, thanks, I said, and closed the door. I used to really like eggs, especially scrambled with bacon or sausage. But even without the little snake incident, I knew that no matter what you did to these eggs, they would taste nothing but foul to me. These eggs came from the chickens that had been in the chicks that had hatched from the eggs that had been incubated by Julie Baker for our fifth grade science fair. <laughs> it was classic Julie. She totally dominated the fair. And, and get this, her project was all about watching eggs. My friend, there's not a lot of action to report on when you're incubating eggs. You've got your light, you've got your container, you've got some shredded newspaper, and that's it. You're done. Well, Julie, though, she managed to write an inch-thick report, plus she made diagrams and charts, and I'm talking line charts and bar graphs and bar charts and pie charts about the activity of eggs. Eggs! She also managed to time the eggs so that they'd hatch the night of the fair. How does a person do that? Here I've got a live-action erupting volcano that I've worked pretty stinking hard on, and all anybody cares about is Julie's chicks pecking out of their shells. I even went over to take a look for myself, and <laughs> I'm being completely objective here. It was boring. They pecked for about five seconds, and then just lay there for five minutes. I gotta hear Julie jabber away to the judges, too. She had a pointer. Can you believe that? Not a pencil. An actual retractable pointer so that she could reach across her incubator and tap on this chart or that diagram as she explained the excitement of watching eggs grow for 21 days. The only thing she could have done to be more overboard was to put a chicken on a chicken costume, and buddy, I'm convinced if she thought of it, she probably would have done it. But hey, I was over it. It was just Julie being Julie, right? But all of a sudden, there I am, a year later, holding a carton of homegrown eggs. And I'm having a hard time not getting annoyed all over again about her stupid blue ribbon project when my mother leans out from the hallway and says, Who is that, honey? What have you got there, eggs? I could tell by the look on her face that she was hot to scramble. Yeah, I said and handed them to her. But I'm having cereal. She opened the carton and then closed it for it with a smile. How nice, she said. Who brought them over? Julie, she grew them. G grew them? Well, her chickens did. Oh, her smile started falling as she opened the cartons again. Is that so? I didn't know she had 
chickens. Yeah, you remember? You and Dad spent an hour watching them hatch at last year's science fair. Well, how do we know there's not chicks inside these eggs? I shrugged. Like I said, I'm having cereal. And we all had cereal, but what we talked about were eggs. My dad thought they'd be just fine. He'd had farm-fresh eggs when he was a kid and said that they were delicious. My uh, mother, though, couldn't get past the idea that she might be cracking open a dead chick, and pretty soon discussions turned to the role of the rooster, something me and my Cheerios could have done without. And finally, Lynetta said, Well, if they had a rooster, don't you think we'd know? Don't you think the whole neighborhood would know? Hmm. We all said, good point. But then my mom pipes up with, Well, maybe they got it de-yodeled. You know, like they debark dogs. A de-yodeled rooster, my dad says, like it's the most ridiculous thing he's ever heard. Then he looks at my mom and realizes that he'd be way better off along with her de-yodeled idea than making fun of her. Hmm, he says. Well, I've never heard of such a thing, but maybe so. Lynetta shrugs and says to Mom, So just ask them, why don't you? Just call up Mrs. Baker and ask her. Oh, my mom says. Well, I'd hate to call her eggs into question. It doesn't seem very polite now, does it? Just ask Mike or Matt, I say to Lynetta. She scowls at me and hisses. You shut up. What? What I do now? Haven't you noticed I haven't been going down there, you idiot? Lynetta, my mom says, like this is the first time she's heard my sister talk to me or something. Well, it's true. How can he not have noticed? I was going to ask you about that, honey. Did something happen? Lynetta stands up and shoves her chair in. Like you care, she snaps and charges down to her room. Oh, boy, my dad says. Mom says, excuse me, and follows Lynetta down the hall. When my mother's gone, my dad says, So, uh, son, why don't you just ask Julie? Dad? It's just a little question, Bryce. No harm, no foul. But it'll get me a half an hour answer. He studies me for a minute, and then he says, No boy should be this afraid of a girl. I'm not afraid of her. I think you are. Dad? Seriously, son, I want you to get us an answer. Conquer your fear and get us an answer. To whether or not they have a rooster? That's right. He picks up and clears his cereal bowl, saying, Well, I've got to get to work, and you've got to get to school. I'll expect a report tonight. Great. Just great. The day was doomed before it had started. But then at school, when I told Garrett about what had happened, he just shrugged and said, Well, she lives right across the street from you, right? Yeah, so? So just go look over the fence. You mean spy? Sure. But how can I tell if one of them's a rooster or not? You know, roosters, I don't know. They're bigger. And they have more feathers. Feathers? Like, I've got to go and count feathers? No, stupid. My mom says that the male is always brighter. Then he laughs and says, Although in your case, I'm not so sure. (laughs) Thanks, man. You're giving me a big-time help here, buddy. I really appreciate it. Look, a rooster's going to be bigger and and have brighter feathers, you know? Those long ones in the back. And and they're red or or black or whatever. And and don't roosters have some rubbery red stuff growing on top of their head? And some of their neck, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rooster's got all sorts of rubbery red stuff all around his face. So you're saying I'm supposed to look over the fence for big feathers and rubbery red stuff? Well, come to think of it, chickens have the rubbery red stuff too. Just not as much of it. I rolled my eyes at him and was about to say, forget it. I'll just ask Julie, but then he says, I'll come with you if you want. Seriously? Yeah, dude, seriously. And that, my friend, is how I wound up spying 
over the Baker's back fence with Garrett Anderson at 3 at 30 in the afternoon. Not my choice of covert operations, but a necessary one in order to report back to my dad that night at dinner. And we got there fast, too. The bell rang and we practically charged off campus because I figured if we got to the Baker's quick enough, we could look over and leave before Julie was anywhere near her house. And we didn't even drop off our backpacks. We went straight down the alley and started spying. It's not really necessary to look over the Baker's fence. You can see almost as well looking through it. But Garrett kept sticking his head up, so I figured I should too, although in the back of my mind I was aware that Garrett didn't have to live in this neighborhood and that I did. The backyard was a mess. Big surprise. The bushes were out of control. There was some kind of hodgepodge wooden wire coop off to one side. And the yard wasn't grass. It was <laughs> highly fertilized dirt. And Garrett was the first to notice their dog sacked out on the patio between two sorry-looking folding chairs. He points at him and says, You think he's going to give us trouble? Well, we're not going to be here long enough to get in trouble. Where are the stupid chickens? Probably in the coop, he says, then picks up a rock and throws it at the mess of plywood and chicken wire. At first, all we hear is a bunch of feathers flapping, but then one of the birds comes fluttering out. Not very far, but enough so that we can see if it's got feathers and rubbery red stuff. So, I ask him, is that a rooster? He shrugs at me. I don't know, looks like a chicken to me. How can you tell? He shrugs again. It just does. We watch it, scratching at the dirt for a minute, and then I ask, what's a hen anyway? A hen? Yeah, I mean, you got roosters, you got chickens, and, and then there's hens. What's a hen? It's one of those, he says, pointing into the baker's backyard. Then what's a chicken? He looks at me like I'm crazy. What are you talking about? Chickens. What's a chicken? He takes a step back from me and says, Bricey boy, you're losing it. That's a chicken. He stoops down and picks up another rock, and he's just about to let it fly when the sliding glass door to the back patio opens up and Julie steps outside. We both duck. And as we're checking her, her out through the fence, I say, When'd she get home? Garrett grumbles. Why are you losing about chickens? Then he whispers. But hey, this will work great. She's got a basket, right? She's probably coming to collect the eggs. First, she had to get all mushy <laughs> without the with that mangy mud of her. She got down and nuzzled and ruffled and patted and hugged, and telling him what a good boy he was. And when she finally let him go back to sleep, she had to stop and coo at, bur at the bird Garrett had scared out. And then she started singing. <laughs> singing. At the top of her lungs, she goes, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. And when it's cold outside, I've got the whole month of May. And I guess that you'd say, what can make me feel this way? My girls, talking about my girls, my girls. She looks inside the coop and coos. Hello, Flo. Good afternoon, Bonnie. Come on out, pumpkin. The coop wasn't big enough for her to walk in. It was more like a mini lean-to shack that even her dog would have trouble crawling in. <laughs> Does that stop Julie Baker? No. She gets down on her hands and knees and dives right in. Chickens come squawking and flapping out, and pretty soon the yard's full of birds, and all we can see is Julie in her poop-covered shoes. And that's not all we hear, though. She's warbling inside the coop, going, I don't need money, no fortune or fame. I've got all the riches, baby, anyone can claim. Well, I guess that you'd say, What can make me feel this way? My girls, talking about my girls, 
my girls. At this point, I was checking the chickens out for the rubbery red stuff or feathers. I was looking at the bottom of Julie Baker's feet, wondering how in the world a person could be so happy tunneling through a dilapidated chicken coop and poop stuck all over her shoes. Garrett got me back on track. Hey, man, they're all chickens, he says. Look at them. I quit checking out Julie's shoes and started checking out birds. The first thing I did was count them. One, two, three, four, five, six. All accounted for. After all, how could anyone forget she'd hatched six? It was the all-time school record. Everyone in the county had heard about that. But I was not really sure how to ask Garrett about what he had said. Yeah, they were all chickens, but what did that mean? I sure didn't want him coming down on me again, but it still didn't make sense. Finally, I asked him, You mean there's no rooster? Correctamundo. Well, how can you tell? He shrugged. Roosters, they strut. Strut? Yeah, that's right. And look, none of them have long feathers. Or very much of that rubbery red stuff. He nodded. Yeah. They're definitely all chickens. That night, my father got right to the point. So, son, mission accomplished? He asked as he stabbed into a mountain of fettuccine and whirled his fork around. I attacked my noodles, too, and gave him a smile. Mm-hmm, I said as he, I sat up to deliver the news. They're all chickens. The turning of his fork came to a grinding halt. And? I could tell something was wrong, but... I, I didn't know what. I, I tried to keep the smile plastered on my face as I said, <laughs> And what? He rested his fork and stared at me. Is that what she said? That they're all chickens? Uh, not exactly. Then exactly what did she say? Uh, she didn't exactly say anything. Meaning? Meaning I, I went over there and I took a look for myself. I tried very hard to sound like this was a major accomplishment, but he wasn't buying. You didn't ask her? I didn't have to. Garrett knows a lot about chickens, and we went over there and found out for ourselves. Lynetta came back from rinsing the Romano sauce off her seven and a half noodles, then reached for the salt and scowled at me, saying, You're the chicken. Lynetta, my mother said, be nice. Lynetta stopped shaking the salt, and mother, he spied. You get it? He went over there and looked over the fence. Are you saying you're okay with that? My mom turned to me. Bryce, is this true? Everyone was staring at me, and I felt like I had to save face. What's the big deal? You told me to find out about our chickens, and I found out about our chickens. Brock, 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 my sister whispered. My father still wasn't eating. And what you found out, he said, like he was measuring every word, was that they're all chickens. Right. He sighed, then he took that bite of noodles and chewed it for the longest time. It felt like I was sinking fast, but I couldn't figure out why. So I tried to bail out with, And you guys can go ahead and eat those eggs, but there's no way I'm going to eat them, so don't even ask. My mother's looking back and forth from my dad to me while she eats her salad, and I can tell she's waiting for him to address my adventure as a neighborhood operative. But since he's not saying anything, and she clears her throat and says, Well, why is that? Because there's, well, there's... I don't know how to say this nicely. Just say it, my father snaps. Well, there's, you know, excrement everywhere. Oh, gross, my sister says, throwing down her fork. You mean chicken droppings? My mother asked. Yeah, there's not even a lawn. It's all dirt and, uh, you know, chicken turds. The chickens walk in it and peck through it and, oh, gross, Lynetta wails. Well, it's true, Lynetta stands up and says. You expect me to eat after this? And stalks out of the room. 
Lynetta, you have to eat something, my mother calls after her. No, I don't, she shouts back. Then a second later, she sticks her head back into the dining room and says, And don't expect me to eat any of those eggs either, mother. Does the word salmonella mean anything to you? Lynetta takes off down the hall and my mother says, Salmonella? She turns to my father. Do you suppose they could have salmonella? I, I don't know, Patsy. I'm more concerned that our son is a coward. A coward? Rick, please. Bryce is no such thing. He's a wonderful child who who's afraid of a girl. Dad, I'm not afraid of her. She just bugs me. Why? You know why. She bugs you, too. She's over the top about everything. Bryce, I ask you to conquer your feel, fear, but all you did was give in to it. If you were in love with her, that, that would be one thing. The love is something to be afraid of, but this, this is embarrassing. So she talks too much. So she's too enthused about every little thing. So what? Get in, get your question answered, and get out. Stand up for her. For crying out loud. Rick, my mom was saying. Rick, calm down. He did find out why you, you asked him to. No, he didn't. What do you mean? He tells me they're all chickens. Of course they're all chickens. The question is, how many hens? And how many are roosters? I can almost hear the click in my brain, and man, I felt like a complete doofus. No wonder he was disgusted with me. I was an idiot. They were all chickens, duh. Garrett acted like he was some expert on chickens, and he didn't know diddly squat. Why had I listened to him? But it was too late. My dad was convinced I was a coward, and to get me over it, he decided that I, I should do uh, was take the carton of eggs back to the bakers and tell them we didn't eat eggs. Or that I was allergic to them or something. Then my mom butts in with, Well, what are you teaching him here, Rick? None of that is true. If he returns them, shouldn't he tell them the truth? Why, that you're afraid of salmonella poisoning? Me? Aren't you a little concerned, too? Patsy, that's not the point. The point is, I will not have a coward for a son. But teaching him to lie. Fine. Then just throw them away. But from now on, I expect you to look that little tiger in the square in the eye. You hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, then. I was off the hook for all about eight days. And then, there she was again at seven in the morning, bouncing up and down on our porch with eggs in her hands. Hi, Bryce. Here you go. I tried to look her square in the eye and tell her, no thanks, but she was so darn happy. And I wasn't really awake enough to tackle the tiger. She wound up pushing another carton in my hands, and I wound up ditching them in the kitchen trash before my father sat down to breakfast. This went on for two years. <laughs> two years. And it got to a point where it was just part of my morning routine. I'd be on the lookout for Julie so I could whip the door open before she had a chance to knock or ring the bell, and then I'd bury the eggs in the trash before my dad showed up. Then came the day I blew it. Julie had actually been making herself pretty scarce because it was about around the same time that they'd taken the sycamore tree down, but suddenly one morning she was back on our doorstep delivering eggs. I took them as usual, and I went to chuck them as usual. But the kitchen trash was so full that there wasn't any room for the carton, so I put it on top. Picked up the trash and beat it out the front door to empty everything in the garbage can outside. Well, guess who's just standing there like a statue on my porch? Yeah, the egg chick. I about spilled the trash all over the porch. Uh, what are you still doing here? I asked her. I, I don't know. I was just thinking. About what? I was desperate. I needed a distraction, some way around her, you know, with this garbage before she noticed what was sitting right there on top. She looked away like she was embarrassed. Julie Baker, embarrassed. I didn't think that was possible. 
whatever. The golden opportunity to whip a soggy magazine over the egg carton it presented itself, and buddy, I took it. Then I tried to make a fast break for the garbage can in the side yard, only she body blocked me. Seriously, she stepped right in my way and put her arms out like she was guarding a goal. She chased me and blocked me again. What happened? She wants to know. Did, did they break? Oh, perfect. Why hadn't I thought of that? Yeah, Julie, I told her. I'm real sorry about that, but what I'm thinking is, please, God, oh, please, God, please let me make it to the garbage can. God must have been sleeping in. Julie tackled the trash and pulled out her precious little carton of eggs, and she could tell right off that they weren't broken. They weren't even cracked. She stood frozen with the eggs in her hands while I dumped the rest of the trash. Why did you throw them out? She asked, but her voice didn't sound like Julie Baker's voice. It was quiet and shaky. So I told her that we were afraid of salmonella poisoning because her yard was a mess and that we were just trying to spare her feelings. And I told it to her like we were right and she was wrong, but I felt like a jerk, a complete cluck-faced jerk. Then she tells me that a couple of neighbors have been buying eggs off of her. Buying them? And while I'm coming to grips with this incredible bit of news... She whips out her mental calculator. Do you realize I've lost over $100 giving these eggs to you? Then she races across the street in a flood of tears. As much as I tried to tell myself that I hadn't asked her for the eggs, I hadn't said we wanted them or needed them or liked them, the fact was I had never seen Julie cry before. Not when she'd broken her arm in P.E., not uh, when she'd been teased at school or ditched by her brothers, not even when they cut down the sycamore tree. I'm pretty sure she cried then, but I didn't actually see it. To me, Julie Baker had just always been too tough to cry. I went down to my room to pack my stuff for school, feeling like the biggest jerk to ever hit the planet. I'd been sneaking around throwing out eggs for over two years, avoiding her, avoiding my father. What did that make me? Why, hadn't I just stood up and, at, and said, No thanks, don't want them, don't eat them, don't like them. Give them to the snake, why don't you something? Was I really afraid of hurting her feelings? Or was I afraid of her?